In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And today's guest, I am so excited to welcome comedian, speaker, and film and TV prop, Bobby Elfie. Welcome, Bobby. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. To preface the episode, I got to do some shows in Arlington, Virginia recently, and Bobby was my opener, which means she drove me down. And we talked a lot on the five-hour drive. There was no music for the first drive. We got to know each other very well. And obviously, two women driving for a long time, you start talking about bodies and how we feel about them. And it was a really interesting conversation. So I wanted to share it with the DSTers who might be in a similar headspace or have had similar experiences. Trigger warning, some of this is going to mention some difficult topics, including abuse. Um, But we're going to have a lot of fun because she's a fun little person. Thank you. (laughs) So you recently gained some weight. And you shared your feelings about it with me. How did your weight gain start? And how are you feeling about it now? I think it started because I was uh, pretty negligent about what I was eating. I stopped exercising. Mm. I think I was very depressed. I was in a bad headspace. And I think just going on autopilot. Got it. And so I, before I knew it, just gained a lot of weight and felt really out of control. Mm -hmm. Was this over the pandemic by any chance? No. Funny enough... If I'm in a good headspace, I exercise a lot and I was very fit during the pandemic. Oh. I was one of those that I'm like, oh, there's nothing to do. So I'm going to work out. So yeah. I was pretty fit. Lockdown was a fun time for some people. Like some, yeah. even though the world was going to shit, it was like some people really needed a breather. Some people really needed to be alone. Mm-hmm. I remember that I liked the fact that there was no social pressure to socialize. So I liked that too. Yeah, I really did. And like having alone time because you can get used to not having alone time. I love alone time. Oh, same. So very fit during the pandemic. Super fit. Like not like crazy, crazy, like no six pack abs, but I was like, good, you know? Yeah. Like a ton of people were like, oh, I'm not doing so great. And I'm like, I feel wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was right after that, that I went back to working an insane amount of hours. I was in a relationship and I guess we just were content Mm. and I'm usually not like that in a relationship. Like usually I'm one of those, like I want to be active and look good for my man. Mm. And I just let it 
go. Hmm. What do you think it was about that relationship? To be honest, I think I was just super tired from work. I was out of the house like 14 hours. We weren't very connected. Working on set. Working on set. So I would leave the house at 6 a.m. and not be home till 8, 9 yeah, I mean, every day on a on a good day, probably. Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, th- that hustle can be so time consuming. It's it's a lot, but then you just get used to that schedule, and it was a lot. A lot of craft services too, probably. Oh, that's I forgot about that. So <laughs> I would eat all day at Crafty because because you work it's in TV. Just there, yes, I do props for film and TV when things are filming. So hopefully right, that'll not anymore. Again. So on set all day, every day. So they serve breakfast. An hour before and an hour after, I'm like forgetting. But basically breakfast is open for a while. Mm -hmm. So if you have to be there like 7 a.m., you can eat at 7 a.m. And sometimes you're not like designed for that. I had to like learn what my body's designed for, really. I was just eating all day. And then I'd go home and uh, my ex was a pothead. So we would smoke all night. Yep. And we would just smoke and eat. And I'm, I'm like, her ex now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ravenous when I smoke weed, like so hungry. I will eat to the point that it hurts. Mm-hmm. So you guys, I was just doing that so much and not listening to my body and not exercising really. I had no time to exercise. And then the weekends I was just catching up on chores and laundry and comedy and this and that. And now I'm like, oh no, here we are. Yeah. And I know you said in the beginning, you were like, this is a really crazy number to see on the mm-hmm. scale. It seemed that the most difficult part was growing out of your clothes. Yeah. Was there uh, anything else that made you angry about it? I, uh, I've been thinking about how I'm trying to restructure my brain when I'm thinking about this. Mm-hmm. It's definitely control mm. where you feel like you're out of control in a sense of like, none of my things are fitting me. Yeah. And I just felt like very much a lack of control within my universe. Yeah. And I hated that number. I don't mind saying the number, but I actually know because I have a friend personally that cannot hear numbers with people. So I don't know if I should. I don't care. But like, I just don't want to trigger anyone. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. We usually avoid it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It could mean something so different. I know. Each person. But. I, th- but then sometimes I do think to myself, like, why don't we just say number? Like, I, I think there's two schools of thought with mm-hmm. the numbers. It's like, should everybody be saying numbers to normalize that? Or should we not acknowledge numbers at all? I mean, I don't even weigh myself. Like, like that's how much I don't want to acknowledge my own number. Mm-hmm. But it's almost, but if we started sharing it, then they would start to become meaningless. I feel like when you're sharing it and you're feeling neutral about the number, it's one thing. But when you're like, I hate this number. And then anybody else who might hear that number and is also at that number would be like, well, fuck you. You But you know what? I I am curious, though. You could say how many pounds you gained. So from the weight that I already was not super comfortable with, Mm -hmm. I gained 45 pounds. Okay. And I remember... In my 20s, a girlfriend told me her weight, and I was like, if I ever weighed that much, mm-hmm. I would be miserable. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little over 20 more pounds from that weight. And the funny part is, none of my girlfriends have been concerned about my weight. Mm-hmm. None of them are like, hey, what's going on? I've never had a man complain. No. 
You were telling me like people are hitting on you even more. It's me. Yeah. It's just me. But I'm also very conscious of how society wants us to look in a Mm -hmm. way. I had a friend tell me I was uh, being fat phobic, but it had nothing to do with her. But then I had to like, I don't mind saying it. I probably am fat phobic, but I never look at anyone else and think of what they look like in relation to what I think of them. I think that's, do you know what the yeah thing is like a lot of people think of fat phobia is like, Oh, I hate fat people, but it's also the fear of you being Mm -hmm. heavier. Yeah. You know, like the same way people are like, I'm not homophobic. I've got friends that were, but the second you're like, Oh, like, are you gay? Me? No, I could never, you know, (laughs) like it, that's, it's a different part of it. And it's not meant to judge anybody by, but it is a thing that it's like, listen, we all have like internalized stuff that we do need to work through. I think a lot of people do have internalized fat phobia, but really don't judge their friends or, you know, anybody else. But when it comes to themselves, they're like, but I should be this. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, like breaking down where those feelings come from. And I've heard a little bit about your backstory, but I would love to just know uh, about your family culture because it seems like that was important when you were growing up that that women should be smaller. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it it was important not because of my family, but it was just a thing that I had in my head because I was never given unconditional love is a thing a lot of people don't get. Mm -hmm. So I was never given unconditional love and I was rarely given love. So I didn't know what that meant. And uh, I grew up in a very abusive home. My dad was abusive. He would hit me and my mom. But I, so I came here from Egypt when I was five. And I didn't really know my dad well. So my first encounters with him was at five years old. And I never got hit in Egypt. That's not a part of our culture. Mm -hmm. Spanking very much is. I'm not going to act like it's not a thing. Spanking is very much still a part of the culture. But in a, you did something bad, don't do it again way. Mm -hmm. When I came here, I think the first time I saw my dad hit my mom, I was like stunned. And I remember it perfectly because I've never seen her really interact with a man that I wasn't familiar with. Because we were around all our family. I was very close with uh, both sets of grandparents. They're both one of five. So I was always with my cousins, always with my aunts or uncles. And I would call him uncle. Mm. Until they were like, that's your dad, right? Oh, interesting. Because I didn't know. You're a kid, so you don't know anything. So until I came here and I was like, that's I mean, my dad. I think a lot of people would know their dad. But if you didn't grow up with him. No. That's... Yeah, wait, can you can you clarify? Did your dad live in the U.S.? My dad was here. He was in the U.S. and we were in Egypt. So he would come in the summer and I'd see him, but I don't remember. He would yeah. come, I think he would come every summer mm-hmm. for like two months. I think nothing was ever discussed with me and I don't remember it. And there was no family bonding really that happened. Uh, there was a lot of cultural shifts. Like I missed my whole family in Egypt and uh, Cairo is a city. So we moved to Long Island, New York and it was so different and I hated it. I miss my family. And so I'm already adjusting as a child. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not sure if he hit me first or my mom, but I remember the first time I was hit, I'm like, I don't get hit. Yeah. Because I never even got spanked in Egypt. You guys, I was spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) I was so spoiled because they knew my dad wasn't around. And I was one of those like smart ass kids that like, Mm -hmm. 
I would do whatever I wanted. And then I knew that I couldn't get in trouble because like my dad's not around. Mm -hmm. So I never got spanked. And if my mom was like, like threatening to spank me, I would run to one of my grandparents and they'd be like, you can't touch her. And I'm like, you can't touch me. Base. (laughs) Yeah. They're like everybody who was base. Um, I wasn't like an, like a super bad kid. And I honestly don't even believe in bad kids, but mm-hmm. because of my upbringing, like there's no bad kids. There's just kids that are learning themselves. Mm-hmm. But I remember when my dad hit me, the first time he hit me, I was sitting on top of him bouncing and I was like a super tiny kid. And I was, I guess, uh, I hate negative connotations, but like I was being annoying, mm. one could say. And he You're being a kid. I was being a kid. I mean, kids are yeah. annoying. I it comes know, with the territory. Um, we just got to deal with it. Like, yeah. And he flung me across the room. It oh, was bad. God. It Horrible. wasn't. I. This is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly. Yeah. yeah. And it's not because I want to hide anything. I just haven't gotten there yet. And I really want to just because everyone's like, oh, you seem so well put together and you seem fine. And I'm like, well, this can also happen in someone's life. So that's what started it. So this went on, I think I stopped getting hit on a regular basis around the age of 12, mm-hmm. but he was still hitting my mom. And then they would, it was bad. Like they would call the cops on each other. There would be furniture thrown. Mm-hmm. It was not a good household. And yeah, it's a horrible thing to see and a horrible way to grow up. Yeah, it was the norm for me, And I didn't know anything of what I was going through up until recently, like until recently with how open societies become about dealing Mm -hmm. with your psychological state of mind and things you've gone through and trauma to protect the people that things have happened to instead of the people that are doing the things. And that's another thing. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this and then people will know. But then I'm like, well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I have heard that a lot with immigrant families is that like you don't speak ill of the family even if it's to a therapist who Mm -hmm. can't say anything was there that going on at home yes like I never told anybody in school and I just uh, my friends knew like my close close friends and I'm still friends with my childhood friends so they know everything uh, like that's happened in my life and the thing is what really sucks is it's already hard enough being an immigrant Because I'm not even first generation. I'm an immigrant. Mm -hmm. Right. So I come here. I don't know English. My mom doesn't know English. I have to learn a different language. So does she. And then to deal with physical and emotional abuse. Because I was called stupid, Mm -hmm. an idiot, anything like just no care at all. And he, uh, he would come home and it was one of those like sometimes I would get hit depending on what mood he's in. It wasn't even, I wouldn't have to do anything. Yeah. And, and it makes, I mean, I've heard from other survivors that when physical abuse happens, you stop feeling like your body is your own thing. That's exactly what it felt like. I don't think I fully realized it until adulthood mm-hmm. where um, I really try and control my surroundings Mm. And that's something I'm starting to let go of. Like if I want to know, like if somebody's at my house, I want to know why they place something where. Oh, um, interesting. I'm I'm always cleaning. I don't have a, a disorder or anything. I just constantly need to clean and mm-hmm. I need things to be clean. 
I like things where I put them. During a period in my life, I had dropped down to 100 pounds mm-hmm. and I was compulsively working out and I was so happy about my weight. Oh my God, I said a number. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but it was a point that I was like, I look amazing. And my friends are like, you look sick. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your own fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some Smalls to my friend in Brooklyn who is fostering kittens, and they took to it right away. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is easy to serve. Yum, yum, yum. Eat it up. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with Athletic Brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste. And now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, Athletic Brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Do you like hazy IPAs, sweet fruity sours? Now you can enjoy this style without the hangover the next day. They offer hassle-free delivery right to your door when you order at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic brews bevs you can drink anytime, anywhere, and still go right back to whatever you were doing. It's a great fit for parenting, playing sports, watching sports, doing chores, late nights, and early mornings, so you can imbibe without worry. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. I was thinking about that when you were saying that like none of your friends have been concerned for you with the weight gain because they're like, she's still like, fine at the end of the day whereas the weight loss was like a big indicator of like not mentally well like still being emotionally and potentially physically abused and you said to me that you were like they're jealous yeah I'm like I look so good and they're just (laughs) 
<laughs> not taking in how good I look. So. Mm-hmm. Like when they would express concern yeah. about it, you uh-huh. took it as jealousy. Well, yeah, because they nobody sat me down or anything. They were just like, you've lost a lot of weight. I'm like, don't I look amazing? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so at this point, I'm 20. But I'd also, so I went from being like a super skinny kid. So as I'm being hit, I was like a very tiny little child. Yeah. Like my sister was about four or five months old and I'm seven and I could wear her clothes. That's how mm. I was skin and bones. Oh, wow. But I would also eat everything in sight. I just had an extremely fast metabolism for a kid. And um, right when I got my period, I gained a ton of weight mm-hmm. and I got a body. So I went from nothing to a B at 10 and then D at 14 and like a body. That must have been really shocking. It was awful because I also didn't receive love at home. Nobody said, oh, your body's changing. Mm-hmm. You're still beautiful. We love you. It's okay that your body's changing. There's none of that. So I just had to deal with it on my own. So then, and then I got stretch marks at like 11, mm-hmm. 11, 12. I have stretch marks. My mom's not explaining my body. Nobody's explaining my body. Which and I just totally feel- normal when you're having massive growth oh yeah of course and your tits and your hips and your ass i think that's something that i'm super happy i think for the most part mm-hmm. and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong i think we're okay with stretch marks now i think we are yeah I like i don't care so. about them yeah. yeah i they're so so normal it i used, mean because it used to be one of those things that you don't want other women to see your stretch marks mm-hmm. you don't want other women to see your cellulite then they won't think you're pretty the funny part is i think for me and maybe a lot of women it's more what other women thought of me than men. Interesting. I'm more concerned with another woman thinking I'm desirable, not in a sexual way, but in like... In an aspirational way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Bobby's cool. Yeah. Or, you know, we're the same and we're both attractive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I told you, like, I when I first got my stretch marks around the same age, I immediately was like, oh, it's over. My body is, it now has these scars and I might as well not even try anymore because like I failed and this is is what happened to me. And it's like, no, like so I wish stretch marks were more normalized at that time yeah, because it made you feel really, really weird. But it's like, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. If your boobs are growing at a very rapid rate, stretch marks will happen. Yeah. It should because be the like, skin is stretching. Yay, boobies. Hence the yeah. stretch marks. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I've told the story that I didn't even know what stretch marks were until I went to fat camp and somebody pointed it out on their body. And I noticed, oh my God, I have those too. Wow. But it was this shameful thing that was like, we're fat. That's why we have stretch marks. Mm. Yeah. Which isn't true. Everybody gets them. Everybody gets Everybody them. Everybody gets them. Yeah. When you're that little, and also this was... I was, uh, I think I was 12 in the 90s, like late 90s. So this was like YM Magazine, 17, Mm -hmm. um, Us Weekly. like, And it was in the magazines. Like, Remember when magazines were really huge? So they would post like celebrities and their disgusting bodies. We did an episode on the, (laughs) they're just like us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so as a 12-year-old, I'm seeing all this. And then I'm seeing the pretty girls in school. Mm -hmm. They don't look like me. They're pretty. And uh, it was a lot. And then I had none of none of the love at home that people should get. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get it, but it was a lot to take in. So mm-hmm. I think as an adult, I I'm trying to 
get a lot of negative connotations out of my head about my body. Yeah. And I, I think, too, you mentioned to me about how your mom was treated in front of you and that you kind of made the connection that she had, quote unquote, lost her beauty. And that's when she started being abused more. So my, my mom was stunning. And I hate to even talk about a woman like this, and especially my mom. But my mom was really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then we came here. She was always like fit and curvy. And then we came here and I just saw her getting treated really poorly. And then she got pregnant with my sister and gained a lot of weight, Mm -hmm. a ton of weight. Mm -hmm. And I saw nobody loving her despite all her weight gain. So you made the connection of like, oh, you've lost the reason why anybody should show you love and should show you compassion. Yeah, it was never told to me. But I think as an adult woman, I'm like, I need to look a certain way and be a certain way so that I'm loved. Even though I believe that people should just be loved. Totally. Yeah. But what you're seeing in front of you is somebody not being loved or as revered when their body changes. Mm -hmm. Would Mm -hmm. you hear people say disparaging things about her body or just that? Was it like she just wasn't getting as much attention as before. I think it's not even an attention thing. I think my dad would sometimes, I don't remember. I mostly blocked out uh, my childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I don't remember him being nice to her. Mm. I remember her being cool and then not being cool. Interesting. Very I just interesting. remember my mom being like fun and cool and then just. She was drained, probably. Yeah. Like she was in a place where she wasn't getting unconditional love. She's having these children in a place that she's not really acclimated to. She might not have a ton of friends. Her husband's not treating her properly. Like she doesn't know how to bestow that love onto you guys. And, you know, I I feel like I'm not a parent, but I, I would feel like pretty bad about myself if I saw my kid getting treated that way. It might suck the light from you. Yeah. You have a brother as well. I do. Was there any difference in the way that he was treated versus you or your sister? Oh, yeah. So I don't want to speak for them, but I will say, so they are seven and 10 years younger, right? Okay. And uh, I will not speak for either one of them, but from the outside, looking at them and how they got raised. So for some reason, and my sister wouldn't remember this, but- Mm. My dad would come home and be like, where's daddy's little girl? And be talking about my sister. And she's like three or four. And then look at me and be like, why are you still up? (sighs) So. I'm so sorry. It was very obvious he didn't like me. Mm -hmm. And I never knew why. I never asked. I can speculate because there was no bonding the first five years of my life. Right. Right. I think that's very important. And so my sister was born here, born with him, Mm -hmm. right? And so he was used to her since birth. And so growing up, he would call my my sister daddy's little girl. And I just was there. And then my brother's the youngest and he's a boy. And within our culture in America, boys are boys. So Mm -hmm. they're definitely more revered. I don't know. Like, what's the word? They're excused for the things that they do. Thank you. Yes, they are. Yeah. And then within... Arab culture, not every household, but definitely my household, the boy was king Mm -hmm, for no reason whatsoever. And so he was very much spoiled. He can do whatever he wants. And there was very much a distinct 
difference between how I was treated and how they were treated. They were the little prince and princess. Yeah, of the and family. I, I just existed, <laughs> which is wild to me. Yeah. So all of this being said, you are worthy. You're gorgeous. If you weren't gorgeous, it wouldn't matter. You deserve unconditional love. And you have a lot of friends now that you get it from, which is really good. I do. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local Local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. One of the first things that you expressed to me on the car ride down, because we were talking about DST and all that stuff, and you were like, I don't like the body positivity movement. And it was for a specific reason. Do you want to expand on that? I do. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind talking about it. Okay. I don't really like the body positivity movement because the way that media portrays it, I'm just, I'm just going to say it mm -hmm. that, uh, this might not be for me to say, but I'm saying it from my body. It feels like 
you're constantly seeing like big is beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And like beauty, 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 beauty. And then it's like, this size is beautiful. This size is beautiful. This size is beautiful. This size is beautiful. And then I'm being called fat phobic. And then I'm being told that I shouldn't care what I look like or mm-hmm. that my body doesn't look like other people's. And the thing with that is I already have such issues with my body and my looks that sometimes I just want to exist as a woman without having to think about my looks and my body. And so because of this movement, I'm constantly thinking about what I look like and it has nothing to do with other people. It's just taking the society standard mm-hmm. of what beauty is and now putting it into a bigger body. Just recategorizing. Yes. Again, the umbrella term of beauty. You matter because yeah. you're beautiful. This mm-hmm. is beautiful too. It's like, I'm really trying to just exist as a human mm-hmm. and heal past trauma mm-hmm. and love people as they are. You also said it makes you feel guilty. Yeah. If you're not feeling beautiful in the moment. Yeah. And it's like, why does beautiful have to be the thing? Well, because you know what it is. If big is beautiful, that means you should feel beautiful at all times and you have nothing mm-hmm. to complain about. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and, what it feels like to me. Because that's all anybody feel, should be worried about. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't feel beautiful, then you might as well not even exist. And the thing is, it's like, I'm sick of hearing this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Something might not be beautiful to me. That's beautiful to someone else and vice versa. Like I know within this body now, regardless of what I look like, I will not be someone's type, right? Someone's. Well, you're not going to be everyone's type. But but I have to be my own type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's like I'm going to be someone's type, but I'm really into like spiritual stuff. And there's a saying where it's like you can't be super happy if someone gives you praise because then you're going to get really upset if someone – tries to tear you down. Yeah. And so I do, I'm trying not to be focused on other people's opinions. Other people's opinions cuz whether or not they're like, "Oh my god, you're stunning." Or whether or not they're like, "You're gross." Yeah. I I have to be neutral. Yes. And I have to be like, "Okay, well, who am I now as an adult, as a woman, as a person?" Mhm. Yeah, I I totally respect that opinion and I I do agree with it to a certain extent because there's a lot of issues with the body positivity movement. I think that we are kind of repackaging a lot of the standards that have already existed. And especially for people in larger bodies, it's like we can revere these plus size supermodels, but they all have very similar proportions. Mm-hmm. They all fit into the same kind of standards of beauty as the, the makeup thin is done. Yeah. The clothes mm-hmm. are good. Hair's straightened. Yes. You know, it's it's similar to what we've been doing my thing is like uh they'll be like look at this plus size model it's ashley graham right right (laughs) what like any day you go to jacob reese you go to the beach one day that woman is there she's the hottest woman on the beach i don't care what size i ever am like that's (laughs) ashley graham and anyone that looks like that is stunningly hot. Nobody's arguing that that person isn't mm. incredibly attractive. They're out there, but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But De- again, I to everyone, their type. Yeah. But like, right. I think the reason why people feel the need to be outspoken about like my body is large and it's beautiful is because for so many years those two were mutually exclusive. Yeah, and people were not allowed to be seen as beautiful or feel beautiful if they were in a bigger body. So now we are kind of doubling down in the other direction. But I think the way that we all 
should be and the way we probably would be happiest at is body neutrality, which yeah. I think is what you're talking about. Like yeah. not seeing the value in certain bodies over others. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be body neutral with other people, not pass judgment. Because then you're really, it's like, as the cliche says, it's like you're just pointing a finger back at yourself. You're just looking in a mirror. Totally. So the more you like judge others, complain about others, and I do in my head. Mm. I'm going to say it. We all do. And then I try and catch myself really fast and be like, why? This has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Leave people alone. Even my own body. It's like learning, like, what am I going to get out of letting myself stand in front of a mirror and be like, you're gross. You're Mm -hmm. disgusting. You're bigger than you want to be. Mm-hmm. people don't know what you look like under this. I'm not going to love myself into a better body that I want. Like, and there's no such thing as a better body. Like I yeah. wake up, I'm doing my meditations, I'm doing my affirmations and it's like, I'm functioning. I can walk. You're therapizing, you're making yeah. money, you're independent. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm truly thankful for my body for showing up yeah. for being able to do the things. Yeah. And that in itself is body positive, you know, like being thankful for the things that your body can do and the state that it's in and how that can be good. Like, just like you said, you can't love yourself into a different body. You also can't hate yourself into a different body. No. Which is like... Well, you can, because if you tell yourself something enough, like... This the science of it is like oh that's what you, I meant you, you can't t- hate yourself into a different body yeah, yeah. oh there you go yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. did I say it the opposite you said love Was yourself that- and I interpreted it as like I can't just be positive about it and oh, then wake no, up no, with no, the no. body it I was want. the opposite like I can't look in the mirror and say all these things and then like hate Expect. myself into like waking up with abs yeah right no it's a self fulfilling prophecy even if yeah. it's not about your body even if it's you saying to yourself like I'm a shitty person I'm a lazy person like you will feel yes. shittier and lazier mm-hmm. you know um, but there was something else that you said too that I thought at first I was like oh, you don't say that but because I feel so entrenched here's the thing mm-hmm. you were like I like to look at body positive or body neutral influencers who are on the thinner side yes and I was like what the fuck? But then you explained it to me and I, I do get it. Explain. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) I follow a few of these women on Instagram, for instance, and they're the women that like look like they're, I think it's called like straight, like straight body. Straight size. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, this is what my stretch marks look like. This is what my cellulite looks like. This is how my boobs are. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating to me because a lot of people hate these people. So I know. Curious. But it helps. I'm not incredibly skinny, but I'm more on the straight side, the yeah. straight body side than I am in a bigger body. And so it helps me feel better to see women that look almost similar to what I look like Mm -hmm. being like our bodies are okay. They're not. And having insecurities. They're not trying to say that they're, that there's anything bad about them. They're not pointing out like, it's not like when we, when I would be in high school in the early two thousands where a very thin girl would be like, Oh my gosh, I need to like be on a juice fast because Mm. I'm huge right now. And you're Mm -hmm. like, you're so tiny. Yeah. These aren't tiny women saying, look how gross I am. They are saying our bodies are normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're showing all the things about their bodies that are very much normal that sometimes 
I will be like, oh, I, I, they have roles. I have roles. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, their roles do the same thing my roles do. Okay, cool. Back fat's a huge thing for me. I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of it on my body. <laughs> Back fat? But then, yes, but the, I hate it so much. But then <laughs> these women will be on like, no, 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 we have it too. And yeah. I work out all the time. Yeah. And like bodies have it. And you were showing me this specific woman who she, she seems very fit. She's got abs. She's got quads that you can see. And that's when it kind of started to make sense to me that it was like, you can be quote unquote insanely fit, but these things will still happen to your body. Stretch marks will still be there. The under arm hang will still be there. The back roll will still be Mm -hmm. there. And so even like when you were showing it to me at first, I was like, Oh, like people are not going to respond well to this because I, I, I know that I've seen influencers that I'm like, you're so small, like doing the tummy roll thing. I'm like, who is this benefiting? But then I was like, this is just as exclusionary as anything else. You know, like it is nice to see people being more natural and not being like, I hate this about myself, but being like, no matter how fit you are, these things will happen. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is genetic. Yeah. And it's just it, impossible to minimize it. And that's without surgery. Yeah. And and that's just the fact of the matter. But the reason why I am, A, not bothered by those things. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people are. Because just like Remy said, it's like a lot of people will say, who is that helping who's not super skinny as yeah. well? You know, or is not your size as well? I think that might be true, that it might not be helping people who are plus size, but on social media, we are so focused on constant perfection and showing the right angle. And maybe if you have the back fat, not showing the back fat. So you could look at somebody's page and think, oh, they're just flawless. They have zero flaws. So when you see a video of that person saying, no, hey, I I have, you know, I have a belly, I have inner thighs, I have stretch marks, cellulite, whatever, whatever it is. You're like, oh, okay. You're not this ethereal being. Mm-hmm. You're human, You're human. And, and we're human and this is part of the human condition. Yeah. I think when I first started seeing people like that though, I was like, this is bragging. Or it's like fishing for compliments being like, oh my God, like I wish my stomach was as flat as yours when it's bloated. But it's like, yeah, they are just showing this is my body posed. This is my body not posed. I do appreciate those ones. Yeah, I think the reason why that never happened is because uh, I was not one of the pretty girls throughout my teenage and high school years. And it's almost like as an adult, seeing the pretty girls for seeing the pretty girl, I'm putting quotes up, mm-hmm. yep. uh, seeing them showing what their body really is. And I think growing up, none of them did that. Mm. you know and there was no social media it was just you just see them and they're like perfect Mm -hmm. and it's just to me being like oh we're not no one's perfect they're not perfect and also I think this one particular woman she talks a lot about having a lot of uh, health issues Mm. so despite what she does look like the one that you showed me yeah okay she has uh, I think endometriosis Mm. and she's got a lot of internal issues she's in and out of the hospital so she her page is very much on normalizing normal bodies and talking about her journey with her health 
And we forget that. I'm so thankful I do have my health for, from what I know, knock on everything. Yeah. There, I don't have anything going on internally. And I have a friend that's- There's wood back there. I'm, I'm knocking, I'm knocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a friend that is very fit and tiny and I've seen women get mad at her, like visibly, because she's super fit and very beautiful. Mm. And she has cystic fibrosis and she's in constant- Pain. Pain. And goes through a lot that people don't know about. And so in relation to other people's bodies and my own, I'm just trying to be as forgiving as possible. I'm trying to work more on my mental health at this point. Yeah. And I mean, that's we're talking about like hidden things like somebody could be, quote unquote, flawless to you, but you don't know what's going on in their brain. Absolutely. That's making like this world an absolute hell. Oh, super hot people, in my experience, are some of the most insecure, tortured people because their entire worth is wrapped up in that. So, you know, it's it's constantly like, who can I trust? Who can I rely on? Like, if I'm not picture perfect all the time. Yeah. Am I worth anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also usually a, a crippling fear of aging for that same reason. Yeah. Like, I'm going to expire and then no one's going to think I'm worth anything anymore. It's a lot to think like, oh, my worth is not wrapped up in my looks. Because mm-hmm. then where does it come from? I know, right? Yeah. I've, oh, I, I, lo- I can tell you're a very deep thinker. And this one gets me too, because I've heard people say like, you are not your body. You are not your thoughts. It's like, okay, then what you're am also I? also not your accomplishments. Yeah, I'm like, like what, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm uh, the TV shows I watch. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And it, it, it's so much easier said than done, but we do deserve unconditional love. And mm-hmm. if you didn't get it from someone else, we have to give it to ourselves. And that's also something so much easier said than done. It's mm-hmm. like you can say it all day long, but you have to actively do the work and invest time into yourself. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah, you were telling me you listen to a lot of self-improvement podcasts. I do. Along with therapy. Do you want to drop any names for anyone else who also listens to this? Yes. But- <laughs> I could use some Don't Rex. stop listening to this because I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I could use some Rex, though, because I'm getting into that kind of um, stuff. I listen to Mel Robbins' podcast. I listen to On Love, Jillian Tedeschi. Mm-hmm. It's a romance podcast, but really it's more about loving yourself first and then Showing up for yourself first to show up in a relationship. Mm. Uh, the School of Greatness with Lewis House, Tom Bilyeu's, uh Impact Theory. Yeah, that was oh my a pretty God. good list. Gabrielle Bernstein, obsessed with her. I listen to Dear Gabby. She's amazing. A manifestation coach and a wellness person. Are you into the manifestation stuff? Because yes. I don't understand it yes. at all. <laughs> Can you explain it to it's me? It's what Remy was talking about earlier where... To me, manifestation, first off- the opposite of negative self-talk. Yes. And I'm glad that you brought this up because I also hate what social media is doing with 
manifesting, mm. especially TikTok, where people think, oh, I'm just going to sit home and I'm going to manifest mm -hmm. my dream job and body and life and friends and house. No, it's about putting the work into everything with integrity, showing up for your life and expecting the best. Mm. It's about, I wake up and I do like a mantra, like I'm happier, healthier, wealthier than I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And you just keep saying it. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what's happening and what's not happening. I believe in that. And it's better to say that than like, ugh, another day. Right. Ugh, life is so hard. Ugh, I have to live today. So <laughs> you wake up, I do that. Hey, don't tell them my affirmation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> familiar. Every morning she would wake up and be like, oh, uh, today again. again? <laughs> but we've all felt like that before. Which we is have. fine. But I'm into what you're saying because yeah. I actually, I, I've heard before that if you smile, just the act of smiling can improve yeah. your mood. Yeah. So it, it there definitely is a, a mind-body connection. So Yes. And so I'm into all that. And the, the woo-woo of it, I'm also into where we're attracted to people's energies we attract other people's energies that's if you want to complain about something you will find someone in a room that wants to complain with you <laughs> and her name is remy <laughs> if you have nothing nice to say come sit by me well you've said very nice things um oh, that's the thing if you want to have a meaningful conversation with someone which we did whoever we did you'll find that person to have that meaningful conversation with if you're walking around like everyone sucks everyone's gonna suck if yeah. nobody's helping you, nobody will help you. If you don't think you're going to get that job, you're not getting that job. Well, because also you're probably coming off like a miserable person. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's body language. It's it's why some people don't believe in this, but a lot of people will believe in not wanting to be around someone because they drain the energy out of you. Yeah. Or somebody walking in a room and you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy they're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that. That's what I'm taught. That's you our have to energies. take the temperature with other people too. Like I notice there are certain friends that I like feel so like sucked after. Yeah. And then there's I told you there's sometimes I keep myself away from other people mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't want the sadness to rub off. Yeah. Like I don't. Oh, yeah. that I mean, that's too real. Like if you're depressed or. Like, yeah. yeah. Or like, I'm like, I am a rain cloud right now of bad vibes. And like, I know I'm just going to go somewhere and talk a ton of shit like. You got to protect your energy. Maybe better to keep that at home. Yeah. Or just go for a little walk alone. So I also hate toxic positivity where people are like, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's oh, yeah. great. Every mm -hmm. Well, those people are scary. <laughs> I did that for a while. I would say late 20s, early 30s. Once I started like delving into like, I'm responsible for my life and I'm the person who's doing everything. I really, really wanted to get out of victimhood, get out of victim mentality. I think for a lot of my 20s, I never dealt with my life growing up. And it was very much like this was done to me and this was done to me and this was done to me. But I was no longer a victim. Like Eckhart Tolle, I don't know if you guys know who Eckhart Tolle is. He's no, I don't. Of a spiritual guru type person. Mm. I don't know how to explain him, but he does an exercise about being present and even if you were a victim, like you sit down and you're like, well, am I, am I okay now? Mm. He's very much in the now. Mm -hmm. so that's his big thing. And you are allowed to like acknowledge that things happened to you and that they yes. were unfair. But I think the way that you approach it is it's like, how do I show up for myself today? Yes. And if you're okay now, then it's counterproductive to your life to keep 
going back, going back and talking about what happened, what happened. You're no longer a victim. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I'm no longer a victim. And what happened happened. It's not that it wasn't bad. It's that I deserve to live a full life right now. Mm-hmm. And so I deserve to live in the present right now. Yeah. And I'm not being abused right now. And I'm live. I was almost living like kind of this half ass life where I was trying to be better, but also just holding on so much where it's like, trying to really let go so that I could live fully now Mm -hmm. and live for little me. Yeah. You got to live for little you. We all do. Yeah. No, I think she'd be so proud of you. And I think you've also put things in place where like you are protected now. Like your relationship with your parents is not existent Yeah, because that. And that's sad. It is sad, but it serves you right now. It has to be this way. This is the first time I haven't not spoken to them. We haven't spoken in uh, two years. I remember the first time I went to therapy at 31, I saw this woman and her office was uh, on Park Avenue. And I was like, Mm -hmm. my first time in therapy. And she she was just like, have you thought of not speaking to your parents? (laughs) I was like, no, (laughs) that's crazy. That's not an option. That was absolutely not an option. I didn't see her again after that. I was like, I'm never coming here again. She's an idiot. And my next therapist after that, I was with for two years and she was very much uh, an amazing talk therapist, but also one of those like, well, you're like this because this happened and you're mm-hmm. like this because this happened. And so I was over the you're talk like, therapy. But where are the tools? I need tools. Yeah. And so I am back in therapy and uh, this is my first time in therapy in five years and I want the tools. Thank you. So did you have to let your parents know? Like, was there ever a conversation? We can't talk anymore. No, we had a falling out and uh, I just stopped talking to them. And people are insensitive about this. And I will say this, like, if anyone out there doesn't talk to their parents, it's not your fault. Nobody doesn't want to talk to their parents. That's what Mm. people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants a relationship with their parents and their family. Mm -hmm. And people will say the most insensitive things, like leave people alone. Like people will be like, they're your parents. They're your parents. You have, you have to have talk to, yeah. to your parents. Yeah. That's your family. You have to talk to you. have to, you have to, you have to. Thankfully, we are no longer of the generations of you just deal with it and you move on. We're trying not to do that. Maybe one day I will talk to them. As of now, I'm fine with it. Something I hear a lot is what if they pass and you don't speak to them? Mm. Yeah. I mean, so- that would be horrible. You would feel horrible. I don't know how I'd feel that my answer to them is, I don't know how I'd feel. It's like, I probably would. You're not wrong, but I can't do something now for how I will feel in the future potentially. Right. Right. And right now this is serving me. And so I think people need to stop being intrusive into other people's lives or having these assumptions of like, that's your family. It's like, yeah, sure. But sometimes they're the people that hurt you the most. Yeah. Like maybe your family dynamic is not like this other, like that is just that. That's a very ignorant thing to say because they can't picture not speaking to their parents. They're like, how could you not? But maybe in the, in the, like, I know that I've taken space from various people, whether it's friends, siblings, parents or whatever. And I use that time and space to build myself up so that if I do want a relationship with these people again, which I usually do, you know, like I have built a better me to know how to deal with those people and know how to set barriers in those relationships that they won't affect me quite as much as it did in the past yeah, or that it did in the moment. And like that could be good for your relationship in the long term. Like you're right. People do want to talk to their, no one. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I think most people, 
I think most people want, want to have a to healthy have a relationship yes. with their parents. Yeah. But it's not always yeah. doable because this applies to many people. Like in our generation, who the generation before us, they don't really believe in therapy a lot of no. them and they they're they're not trying to improve themselves no. just like you said it's like you're just supposed to shoulder the burden yeah but at a certain point you can't can and bring a horse to water but you can't make him drink you cannot make him drink <laughs> they'll say go. i'm not thirsty i've never been thirsty you and all your siblings are thirsty just because of your mother <laughs> <laughs> i didn't do it i remember when i first started going to therapy at 31 so Yesterday. No, <laughs> I'm 38. I don't care. My That's I, a number we're comfortable saying. Yeah. Age. Mm-hmm. I really don't mind my age at all. So at 31 and I told my mom I was in therapy, she was very much just like, God, just get over your childhood. Mm. Things happen. Things <gasps> just happen. Just get over it. And I'm like, this is me trying to. But she was very much like, the more you talk about it, the more it's going to be present. Just let it go and get over it. But not in a good way. It wasn't like, oh, get over it in, uh, let's heal and move on. Yeah, like try to live your life. Just push it under the rug and just move on. Turn it off. Basically repress, like exactly what you were doing, which was repressing these old memories. She's like, everyone's fine except you. And I'm like, I was the one abused. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean- I do not know what that's like yeah. to have that kind of relationship with my parents, but I can very confidently say that if that was the exchange whenever I was with my own mom, yeah, yeah I would consider not talking to her. It was a lot. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And also something I didn't bring up, but I've realized in my life recently, I have wrapped up my self-worth with my relationships with men Mm. and I've mirrored my relationships with men to my uh, childhood. And that's something I'm also working on where my self-worth is dependent on whether or not a man I'm dating is into me or finds me attractive or likes me. Yeah. And so it's all like, together it's like a ball that you just have to like let go of let go of yeah have you dated people who you thought didn't find you attractive no but i'm like oh they're lying mm-hmm. okay yeah i <laughs> get like this. uh in my head i'm still like oh no but i'm only attractive with makeup on or, or you're mm-hmm. like they have bad taste like yeah. I've had, I've, <laughs> I've had that before. I'm like, like what a loser that he's so with me. I'm gonna say something conceited, but I know a lot of other women go through this. Mm-hmm. When I look in the mirror, I genuinely waking up in the morning, I'm like, and I'm trying to get out of that. But I don't think I'm attractive. Mm. I think uh, once I wash my face, I put all my lotions on, and I if I do my makeup and or just light things, then I'll be okay looking. Mm-hmm. And I kind of don't know what I look like because of how I feel. But I know other people have told me I'm attractive. So I guess I am. That's not conceited. But it's, 
It's one, I know what I look like because of other people, but to me, I'm like, oh, I have droopy eyes. I have one lazy eye. My face isn't symmetrical. I have a very hairy face that I defuzz on a regular basis. I have a unibrow nobody knows about. Like I can Uh like list all of the things, which is crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Well, the crazy part about it is that we're really zoomed into our own faces. We see them every single day from when we're born, basically. Mm. We don't see flaws in other people the same way. Like even with the symmetry stuff, we think we're walking around seeing symmetrical faces, but it's just because our brains actually correct it. So you are very tuned in to like, oh, well, one of my eyes might not be the same size as the other. Really, no one else is seeing that. And and really, the people that you're seeing mm-hmm. who you think are symmetrical and not mm. like you, none of them are. Very few of them. Well, I'm not even kidding. This is my thought. So we're like, I, I walk in here and I sit down with you too. And I'm like, God, they're so naturally stunning. They don't have makeup <laughs> on. They, and so... But it's these are just thoughts that filter through my head. See, I'm looking at you and I'm like, glowing. I have makeup on. <laughs> but, but that's okay. <laughs> I also saw you first thing in the morning. You did. And the thing is, is Emily is saying that like not everybody notices other people's faces. Like one of the, th- I, I do. I come from a family of, you know, my dad works in beauty. I, I notice things. Can I would clarify? not notice any asymmetry, oh, any droop. You. Just, just so you know. And, okay. I, can I clarify? I'm not saying people don't see anything about people's faces, but like not as I, like I could look at myself and be like, oh, my face isn't as symmetrical as Remy's. But but really, my, my face isn't symmetrical. Well, there, see, Both this of is you what are I stunning. mean. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. That's symmetry very kind and it, yeah. And there here's was like the that thing. whole myth that symmetry is the thing. It might be. Maybe we should get a scientist. It on. is a. It's like a whole. It's, it's, it it doesn't matter. But I, right. I've googled asymmetrical celebrities and like. Everyone is. Yeah, yeah, we're not supposed to be symmetrical. These are the thoughts in my head. But you know what I'm working on? It's that doesn't matter if I'm not symmetrical or if I have droopy eyes. I still deserve love. Mm-hmm. And I need to give it to myself first. Yeah. So it's not about, for me, saying these negative comments aren't real. It's like they're still real, but you could also love yourself despite this being a real thing. You could say, I would like to improve X, Y, and Z with any aspect of your body, life, this and that, but also love yourself through it. Yeah. That is the goal. The goal isn't a number on a scale. It's not a career. It's not, it's the goal is like going through all these things and like loving yourself, especially yeah. if you didn't get it elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw this video recently on Instagram. This, it, this old lady, she like paints, she does oil paintings and then she talks into the camera and she says like the most inspirational things. Mm-hmm. And one of these videos, she was just saying, it's okay if you're ugly. And I thought, wow, how refreshing. <sighs> like, when do you hear that? She was just like, it's okay. Like there are lots of other things that you can be aside from beautiful that objectively are better than that, more valuable. And on the flip side, we spoke about this. It's okay if you feel so hot. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like I have felt kind of guilty before when people are like, for women, it's like, you don't know you're beautiful and that's what makes you beautiful. No, you can feel hot. Like that can be okay too. It can't take over your entire life, but like that should be allowed. It should be allowed, but we live in a society that still wants women to not feel hot so that you can constantly improve something about yourself. So even 
I will never do it. Like if another woman feels hot in front of me, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're hot. Yeah. Feel hot. Hype be them up. Hot. And, and like, especially young women, you know, I'd never make fun of them or, and I've seen this happen even with women our age who they don't mean it, but like they'll look at someone who's like 20, 21 and they'll be like, oh, look at their silly outfit or look what they're wearing. I love celebrating younger women because I'm like, yeah. express yourself, be cute, do whatever at any size and wear whatever you want. It's We have to build young women up because young they're going to get yeah. torn down. Yeah. Yeah. Seize if the moment. women feel hot, if a young girl feels hot, if a 15-year-old feels hot, let them feel hot. If a grandma feels hot, yes, let her feel so hot. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. I I like need to take that with me because I have been known to make fun of the way that like a college student dresses to go out. I'm like, oh, remember when that was we us. used to dress? It? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in that two color dress from American Apparel. Yes. Yeah, with the purple the on top and the black on the bottom. Purple on top, black on the bottom. Yep. Oh my God. I yeah. felt it. I loved it. It's all coming but back. But I also felt disgusting in it in different parts. Yeah. Anyway, we're just talking about loving yourself, feeling good, not assigning any moral judgment. At no. one point mm. on the trip, we were driving home. We went to get Wendy's. Yeah. And you said to me, you were like, well, we can do this because I've been good this weekend. And I gave you a little slap on the wrist, basically. Right. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what do you mean good? Yeah. Like I immediately corrected. I was like, you're right, you're right. You're right, you're right. Yeah. 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 What did you mean by good? That I have been for the most most part eating healthy and eating the right things for my body. And so now I'm like, oh, I haven't been bad. Yeah. And what Remy was saying is something that I she knows I know that like I've been hearing. And she's like, no, but I'm still not so conscious of it where I'm like, you know what? I think I want a Wendy spicy chicken sandwich. I've been good. Mm, and she's yeah. like, no, 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 we don't do that. And I need to get to the point of just not doing that. Yeah. There's no I mean, good and bad. I only There's say ha- it because I still have it in my head. I and know. I have to remind myself, I'm like, this isn't like a moral failure. And it's also not like a moral gain yeah. if like you eat super healthily. But you also did mention that you were like, some of the things I'm just thinking about, how is it going to deal with my digestion? Like, and so I've been good in that way. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that you can see. I've that, been careful. That yeah. I think is. That's okay. very fair. Like that's, yeah. that's gentle nutrition. You know, like if I'm going to eat Popeye's, I know that my stomach is going to be a little upset yeah. after. You know who was bad? Me. Because usually I don't eat before shows and we went to a fucking Thai restaurant mm-hmm. and I, I thought I was going to shit myself on stage. I said it to you. Like I was like, I usually yeah. don't eat before shows. Yeah. Remy's terrified of shitting herself. And she was a trooper. I, <laughs> an hour on stage. Wow. ginger ale and yeah. I survived. You did it. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a bad idea. I said to the manager of the club, I was like, we are in dangerous territory. I don't know if any, anyone's ever shit on your stage, but might have. It didn't. It did not. She did great. Thank God. Yeah. So did you. I kinda, we have to wrap up. But you asked me on the trip, you were like, so like, was I like your first choice like to bring as an opener? Oh, yeah. No, no. I didn't say was I your first choice. I said, why'd you ask me? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's just me. And I was like, because you had a car and you're on the list of comics. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you're a nice person and that like we would have a good time. But I said, I was like, yeah, there were a few people that I'd asked before that I'd either worked with before. or I knew they were good drivers now that I know you're a good driver. But you were like, thanks for being like honest about that. Yeah. And we kind of had a little conversation about how 
even if you're not someone's first choice, sometimes like you are the right choice. Yes. Like I felt like it was very meant to be that like the club had asked me only a week before, like, oh, you can bring a feature or whatever. And so like a lot of people like already it's Labor Day weekend. They were busy. Yeah. They had plans. They had plans. I was free. Your girl she was free. <laughs> you know, some people might be like, oh my God, no plans for Labor Day. But you were meant to like, we were meant to hang out yes. for a really long time. Yeah. yeah. Just like the movie. Just like, exactly yes. like the movie. So much ice cream as well. <laughs> I wrote her a note in a book and then I threw it. <laughs> oh, the dollar bill. I'm hoping she'll, yeah, a dollar bill. What a ridiculous movie. Um, I think this is so, so sweet. Because I think that sentiment is so true. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not always somebody's first choice. Whether it be, like, for a job. Like, I remember when I would Mm -hmm. interview for a job and they'd say, oh, it was, you know, it came down to the wire, but we gave it to somebody else. I'd be like, fuck that person, whoever it is. Yeah, And, like, get so antagonistic in my mind because like I felt less than but just because you're not somebody's first choice doesn't mean it doesn't really mean anything to be honest like you're gonna be the right choice for something yes I mean I I shared with you I was not when Ben and I first met he had a crush on somebody else you know and so for a really long time I was like I'm not his first choice and I'm not second fiddle to anybody but he said to me he's like but I choose you every day now and like that's so nice. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go through other relationships or other job applicants or other features on the road. Yeah. And well, that's the thing we got. I, she was like, oh, I asked this person. And then I asked this person. And I was like, <laughs> that's when I was like, what number was I? And she's like, two, three, five. You're the fifth person I asked. It's very and honest. I could I have. can't not be. Yeah, I have no, a problem. I, I love how honest you are. And I love that we had that convo. My brain does not naturally go to, wow, number five. <laughs> yeah. My brain automatically was like, look how things were meant to be. Yeah. Because I am into manifesting and I'm very much into like, let things play out how they're supposed to. And, you know, whatever is meant to be will be. It just means that stop pushing for everything and whatever's meant to happen will happen. So she has four other people and they, by the fates, were busy <laughs> So then I was available. So whichever way that came about, it came about. Yeah. And you so, still connected. Yeah. I feel very grateful for it. Me too. Oh, guys. Thanks for driving me. Of course. <laughs> I feel very warm and fuzzy. And you were a very good performer too. Oh, thank you. She has to say that. And she brought her dog, which we both needed. He was the star. He was emotional support. Oh. Bobby, thank you so much for being here and sharing everything you did with us. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, where can people find you and follow you? I'm most active right now on Instagram at Bobby Elfie. Bobby with an I. Yes. You guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered. And if you or someone you know is being abused, please contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is open 24-7. They have it in English, Spanish, and 200 plus other languages through interpretation. The service can be found at 800-799-7233. Yes, and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir. Also, shout out to all the DSTers who came to the shows. We love you. You're so nice. <gasps> the DSTers were yes, present. Yes, they were. Um, you guys follow Bobby. And of course, remember, we're always with you. 
through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.